Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, so a, go ahead. If, oh, excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so even though we are still like a year and a half away from the midterms, there's apparently already a congressional candidate, a Republican running against Maxine Waters in California. But the point of this is to say that this guy, his name is Omar Navarro. He publicly dissed Disney's Cruella for making one of its characters openly gay. Uh, his exact tweet was, quote, the new Disney Cruella with Emma Stone just ruined my childhood with an openly flamboyant gay in the movie, which I thought was such a funny way of like, just just like so openly funny. flamboyant gay. It's like, what are we talking about? What are we, who are we talking about? Elliot Glazer? Like, give me a break. <laughs> openly flamboyant gay. Uh, and he, then he continued to say, Disney persists shoving the LGBT agenda down our throat. So the character sure. Artie, yeah, I know. The character Artie is voiced by John McCree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is it the, uh, the character the is actor. apparently- He's an actor, it's not voiced, it's like Yes, a, yes, yeah. yes, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a live it's action. It's not an animated yeah. thing. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But um, uh, apparently, uh, the, the character is apparently gay, but not overwhelmingly so. And John, the actor, describes the character as sort of living a quote fabulous lifestyle, but you yeah. don't like meet a boyfriend or something. Apparently, in one iteration of the movie, the character was a drag queen, but that was subsequently dropped. Well, and he played. I mean, just to give a little background on the actor who plays him, I believe he was either originated the role or was in the film Jamie, which is a big um, British musical about uh, a young kid who gets inspired after being bullied or is bullied at school gets inspired to do drag and become uh, sort of you know their amazing self and and uh, mm-hmm. that actor was a part of that musical so he's definitely in the ether as a very much a queer talent and an up, uh, up and coming talent mm-hmm. yeah sounds like he should be on the podcast quite frankly well, i'll dm him right now excuse me please do and i'm a little annoyed you haven't already he but, won't um... respond to me i'm not famous Oh, oh, Omar Navarro, he's a real gem. He spent time in prison for stalking his ex-girlfriend. And <laughs> this, is the running, running. this is the guy running. Yeah, this, yeah. this, this, yeah. Sorry, that's sorry, that's the Republican running. Yeah. He's also running against Maxine Waters in one of the most Democratic uh, uh, districts in the entire country. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind She's going to reclaim her like, seat. Yeah, 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 right. I guess it's just like trying to make noise or whatever. Are you guys, but the sidetrack or or maybe perhaps mm. the real discussion is, are you going to see Cruella? I'm oh. oddly obsessed with female villains and I'm kind of excited. Am I going to see? We had this discussion last episode about Disney gays. I purchased Cruella yeah. at 12.01 a.m. the day we could purchase it and I watched it. I'm obsessed oh, with it. Cruella. <laughs> I love 101 Dalmatians. I love Cruella DeVille. She's my favorite villain. She's like, literally, there's an outfit that I'm wearing to, to Disneyland next with our guest coming today. I'm going to Disneyland with Alaska and mm. I, I have an outfit planned that is Cruella DeVille inspired. <laughs> I am obsessed with Cruella. That's- you liked it. You liked <laughs> yeah, the movie. I loved the, the film. Good? I loved the film. I've watched it twice. It is a fantastic That, that was a yeah. reserved review, but yeah, yeah. I will see it. I want to see it. I, I think I'll go to Allen's and watch it yeah. <laughs> there. Uh, or mm. yeah, I think I do want to see it. I, I It looks really fun and, and I like there's a take on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it seems cool. Ellie, just say, Venmo me some money and I'll rent it or something. Who are your favorite it. female villains? I love female villains. Ellie. I Rem was obsessed. Remember the Superman that had like the three bad guys and one of them was women yes. and uh, was a woman, women. One of them was a woman and she had like really shortly cropped hair. Mm -hmm. I was obsessed with her. <laughs> you know who you would like then if you like the whole Superman villain moment is in Supergirl yeah. or Superwoman. I, I forget what it was called. Uh, you already lost Faye me. Faye Dunaway no, plays like the Lex Luthor-esque character of the oh, film. Oh, interesting. And it is so campy good. There's a scene with a carousel that has Brenda Vaccaro in it as well. She is... She's oh. like she's like Faye's right hand person or whatever, and there's a great campy moment where Faye does something with the with a circus thing, and then Brenda has a really great line where she's like, "Didn't know you could do that." Like it's just it's just so good. Yeah, it's, just so it's good. also it's very funny because one of my recent <laughs> YouTube rabbit holes has been specifically Faye Dunaway signing autographs because she's <laughs> such a bitch. And like, like there's like my favorite clip. There's this guy who asked for an autograph, and she if she doesn't like the picture, she says no, and she's like no, and she moves on. He goes, can I please, can I please just get a picture of her? And she like just looks at him and then like looks away and like moves on. And Have it's you like, heard the voicemails? Like, there's there's a YouTube oh, yes. Yes. voicemail. She's yes. we should just put that. I'm gonna put that into this episode right now. Call received six fourteen a.m. Thursday, February twenty seventh. Yeah, Jack, this is Faye Dunaway. Look, uh, I've erased some of the stuff from the O'Neill interview, but I'm not really interested in Terry O'Neill. He's a big, big liar, and I, I'm really not interested in, in him. And, uh, you know, or in, in dilly-dallying and, and tarrying over Mommy Dearest, I don't even want to discuss it in my interview, or on this Lloyd Webber thing. Those are negative. And I notice that you have nothing in about Marlon Brando. You have nothing in about Johnny Depp, which I did two films with. I don't expect you to get get him for an interview. But you can put some footage in of the of the Costa Rica movie, which I was brilliant in, and it was not well sold in this country. You can talk about the Marlon Brando film that I was wonderful in. All the positive things along that, that period. The Marlon Brando film was going on at the same time that the Lloyd Webber stupidity was going on. And you all have to put in the Lloyd Webber stupidity. You can had put in that I worked with the wonderful Marlon Brando and talked to the director of that movie, for Christ's sake. And I'm not going to approve it. I'm, I'm really upset now because that, uh, uh, for two nights now, tried to thread through that stupid interview with a, with a man that I will not even waste my time discussing. And, and, you know, who, suffice it to say, stopped working when he married me and pretended to be my manager for a very long time. So let's not even go there. It's very upsetting to me. And then to put my, our, our child in jeopardy the way he had. So I'm not interested in these negative things that you all are putting in there at the end. I don't want Lloyd Webber in. I'd like you to cut him out. And I'd like you to really trim down everything to do with that mommy dearest. I'm not going to talk about it. Maybe one thing I'm going to say about it, and that's all. It's just like, you know, an obsession. Why can't you be obsessed about positive things, about Marlon Brando, about the Costa Rica movie that was a hit of all of Europe and Cannes, um, about, uh, about the, the, the film I did with Brando and talk to that, you know? It, <laughs> <laughs> the voicemails are so good, and I, I, I watch the YouTubes of them probably once a month. Like I know. they're just, I know. she is the ultimate female real life villain, and she didn't. Yeah, ever mean she to really be. is. But she really is. What's really funny about this too is that um, this is literally how much we care about Omar Navarro dissing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we ended up We're like talking about, about remember Faye, Faye Dunaway. Dunaway? <laughs> <laughs> Not even joking. So our guest on the podcast today is this up-and-coming drag, like, drag superstar. She's going to be a drag superstar. She really is getting her wings in sort of what her drag character is and where she's going. Mm -hmm. I'm 
really excited to introduce you guys, literally introduce you guys for the first time, Alaska oh. Thunderfuck. Congratulations. Oh, and introducing, <laughs> introducing Alaska Thunderfuck. I love now that. Now just do a little tip walk around, you know, get right. the people going. Get the people yeah. going. <laughs> I'm just doing it for tips tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, wait, for the can, exposure. can I ask? Can I ask real quick? I know what, what I know what questions. Yeah, you know, right you know now. what's coming, Alaska. When you started, I went to a, a drag show in real life for the first time, uh, really kind of ever. My and drag show. Alice yeah, drag show was amazing. <laughs> but as a comic, obviously you're used to getting on stage and performing, and then you get off stage and you get nothing out of it. And then I, I see you guys walk around with these buckets of money. Yeah. I'm like, how much do they make? And I instantly was like, I need to start just carrying a wig with me to bars and like doing drag <laughs> so I can make like $30. How much did you, how, Alaska, how much did you make when you first started uh, uh, doing shows like that? Well, nothing, but um, it, no, it really depends on, um, it depends on the bar. It depends on like yeah. the place, yeah. but no, drag queens aren't fucking dumb. We, we work the, we work stealing money literally <laughs> out of your hand into our right, ad. Right, right. I, th well, I think there's an opening for comedians to start doing it. Just put on a Donna right. Summer song and walk through the audience and make people give you dollars. Yeah. I, I have to say, Brent, it do, you do make more money. I mean, this is strange, but at least maybe it was just the club, the places I've been doing it. But like at Executive Suite that night, I walked away with like four hundred dollars, which is like yeah. oh my god! At a, at a stand up, oh at a stand up what? set, I would get maybe fifty, a hundred, if that, right. for a spot. You know what I mean? Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Orinoco Ho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's Brent's that's drag. My, that's, that's my Brent's drag, drag persona. <laughs> but also, just let 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 it stand on the record that Alan only got two dollars from me. But yep. anyway, and I fell and I fell hard that night. <laughs> they were witness to the falling Alaska. I think I texted you about it. You told me all about it, but you know what? A, a fall will get you more tips. It's true. <laughs> it's so it true. It really will. The lesbians people are who like, picked me up, they gave me like twenty yes. bucks. Yes, because mm -hmm. oh, people really are like, funny. I have fallen down in my life too sometimes, but you got yeah. back up. <laughs> well, you know, let me let me also ask you a question. I, I don't know if this is considered like gauche or something or inappropriate. Uh, have you? It's going like, to be. <laughs> well, it's not. Have you, Alaska? Have you like when was the last time you fell in heels? I mean, does it ever happen to you anymore? Um, luckily, like part of my aesthetic is mm -hmm. being right. sort of teetering on the edge of always right, right. falling so if i do fall down it's not really very surprising because it, I, it's true. sort That's of true. like it's sort of like you're waiting for the thing to fall down. Like you're, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. inevitable. Right. right, right. That's that's very. I true. hope I hope that's gonna be true of my drag. I really do. That that just me falling is just a part. Like it's gonna happen, guys. So like just wait. Waiting for the fall will be <laughs> yeah, part of the appeal of my drag. Where it's placed in in your act. That's right. Alaska, you have a new song out. I the yeah. name of it. It's Roy G. How does it go? Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv BBT. You give me life, bitch. Roy G. Build B B T. Uh, Roy G. Build B B T. Yeah. Roy G. When making a catchy pop song, make it a really difficult sequence of letters to remember. That's what I always <laughs> I know. I knew I was going to fuck up the letters. That's why no, I didn't say it. No one knows the name of it, but you know what? I don't care because I got to perform it for the first time in How Erie. Was that? And you never know, like, when you do a new song. And I'm like, 
this song is so fucking fun to perform. So I'm like really yeah. excited just to go out. Like there's speaking assertively over a techno beat. Check. That's what I love. <laughs> I also get to sing in it. And I say, you give me life, bitch. And then it's so good. You are really good at crafting like dialogue for a song. Like that is like kind of your thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm always amazed at how you can like, because I I need a rhyming book just to like put a sentence together for like a song. I can't I can't work. It sure. stresses me out the the yeah, poetry yeah. of writing. How do you do it? Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know. I mean, I didn't do <laughs> I didn't do this alone. And thank mm-hmm. God for the other writers on the track who sort of like laid the groundwork. And then like I knew how I wanted the chorus to sound. But, like, really the spoken parts, like, that was a team effort on this one. But mm. I don't know. I mean, when I wrote This Is My Hair, I I had this track and I didn't know what to do with it. And then I smoked marijuana and then it was like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who do you like to work with when you put your, or if you work with people, who do you, like, work with on putting these songs together? Well, I've worked with Killingsworth, uh forever like since my first album so like uh tomas and ashley are amazing over there and for um roy g biv we used um the services of toby marlowe as well who is really Mm. really brilliant talented and fierce do do you like do you come up with like you said you know the chorus like is there like something that you start with that you're just like i like i need it it needs to have something like this and then they kind of work around that and sort of they work off of that yeah nick laughlin came up with the idea he was like you have to do a you have to do a pride song called roy g biv so instagram is incredible by the way we have to give a shout out to (laughs) her she's so good she's representing the house of extraneous extrosity at all times (laughs) (laughs) at all times I I, I've always been fascinated with the songwriting process and like how same that it's just it's just so foreign to me and how like that first nugget uh, will even pop into your head and how you know that that's you know something to work from and mm-hmm. I I find it fascinating. I'm always very yeah, there's a, there's this lyric it. that has always st- stuck with me that starts. American Airlines had the prettiest planes. <laughs> That's right. From, from the Broadway smash hit Come From Away, which is a, a Broadway show. What a beautiful opening line of a song. American Airlines had the prettiest planes. It's not clunky. It's or a musical about 9 11, Alaska. About 9 11. Uh, but it's the least ooh. interesting story of 9 11 because it's about layovers in Canada. But anyway, anyway, well, we've been, I got heard it. all about it. But yeah, now, sorry, Alaska, Ellie, I also, no, no, in terms of music too, like, I would say that you are one of the more, um, I, I guess, like when I think of like drag queens who release music and it's like really good, I think of you, I think of Shea Kool Aid, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, like what? RuPaul. RuPaul, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah. But I feel, no, I mean, I, people joke about RuPaul's music, but it does, you know, when I, it's like you and Shea Kool Aid and I think Monet probably too, but like mm-hmm. what differentiates for you and is it even a, is it even a conscious thought when you're writing songs? Or releasing music that it, you treat it more like i guess an actual song than like a novelty thing because I, I know like sometimes it would just be like drag queens who were um voted out of drag race that night will set up some sort of like novelty song to drop on youtube the night they're they're yeah uh, um, let go from the show mm-hmm. but yours 
is elevated. And I wonder if that's like a conscious decision on your behalf. <laughs> Are you consciously elevated? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. I don't know that well. Um, no. I like, mean, are you trying to to? Are you trying to to? Like the music is good. I guess is what I'm saying. And I wonder how much how cognizant you are of wanting it to be more than just novelty music or like you know to line up with yeah uh, something with Drag Race. Right. And that was the concern when we first when we did the first album, Anus. 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 <laughs> when we did that album, uh, that was my concern. I was like, "Is the like, is this even gonna be music?" But like, mm-hmm. luckily, you know, Killingsworth and the producers that I've gotten to work with are really fucking good, and so the music itself is very well produced Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i can be like i can sing about stupid shit like hair and nails uh and you know fingernails and and makeup but the the like production elevates it and and i like yeah i like diving into like the stupidity of it i think and i come at it very from outside in and i'm like like when I wrote your makeup is terrible, it was because I had a t-shirt that said your makeup is terrible. And I was like, I need a song that matches the t-shirt. Right, right. So right. we can sell more t-shirts. <laughs> right, right. You know, that that's an interesting point that you make. And it's something that I've noticed in dating in Los Angeles. There are lots of, st- well, you talked about pro- like producing in music. Uh-huh. There are lots of starving artists and I, you see obviously non-famous actors and you see non-famous comedians and all these mm-hmm. things. And a lot of times, you know, you look into their work, sometimes they suck, sometimes they're really good. Uh, but I have noticed when it comes to music without like the people who are like, I'm a musician, I'm a pop, star, you know, aspiring pop singer without like teams of people that, that really work with a song to help produce it and, you know, bring out the beat or out of fucking whatever, however you would do it. Pump out it the beat. It sounds so amateuristic <laughs> almost every time. I've never come across uh, like sort of, you know, an aspiring pop singer who clearly made a song in their room that was, was, was even close to good. Mm. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I feel yeah. like, isn't that Billy? what, that's whole Billy, that's Billie Eilish's career, is that she came up with music in her bedroom, and then it made an album, and she whispered. I mean, yeah, she, I, and, her, I, I, yeah, she I, and her brother I, did. Yeah. I, 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 I have no doubt that that's possible, I mean, but that perhaps that's why she's monumentally successful right now, and that, yeah. it, that she had sort of an eye for for this stuff, and, and, and we also know that no one at any point touched it. It was, like, literally exactly that and recorded in her room. Mm-hmm. I, will, I have to say, I, I am feeling a bit inspired right now. And Alaska uh-huh. did Alaska did mention that she gets, sometimes gets inspiration while enjoying a cannabis moment. So I was thinking, since our podcast is sponsored by Can, a, what is it, Brent? A refreshing, what's the slogan? There's a slogan here. Oh, simple, all natural ingredients. It's refreshing, cannabis beverage, ton- low calorie. It's a social tonic. Social it's a tonic. social tonic and it's locale. And what more do you want with life? Well, I mean, what you want more with life best. is THC and CBD, which it's confused with. <laughs> right. Well, so, so let's we we could probably like take a drink of this, and then maybe each of us can probably come up with an amazing like beat or song for a new mm. a new track. I think that's gonna happen. If it worked for Alaska, okay. it's gonna work for us. Okay. I, All right. I'm so excited. You sent me these, and I haven't tried them yet. This is my first time. I'm not oh, gonna please. pop it open oh wasn't it hard to open it's a little hard to open. wow i can't uh. believe you can't believe you opened it so easily everyone has a <laughs> takes a minute how are you i nails? actually love the novelty of opening it i think they're great do i keep pulling it and oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I guess so you you're having you rip off that small part oh, and then slides. It slides. Oh, that is elegant. Which one are you drinking, Alaska? Which one do you have? I have the blood orange um, cardamom. Amazing. This is the um, grapefruit rosemary. Oh, we'll that's let, what I have, too. We'll yeah. let you drink first, because you're the okay, guest. Yeah. So you drink first. Hutton, give us give us your... What song are you feeling right now? What what track, what chorus do you feel? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Oh, that flavor is so nice. So wait, that's am I going to get twisted? I'm not going to get wasted from this. <laughs> no. It's a light. It's a little light sensation yeah, yeah. yeah it's two amazing. milligrams of thc okay i'm a lightweight though so that'll be yeah. like lovely yeah me too and I then you're gonna write a new song tonight mm-hmm. it's very possible <laughs> the prettiest planes <laughs> oh i just it's had good, this, right here Let i just had my blood orange mm. and so mm. far i feel like mm, i feel i feel like body yadi yadi moment but i can't do that because that song's already been done <laughs> You know so... what? Let me let me make up a song off the top of my head right now. Here mm-hmm, we go. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I'm inspired by Can. Da 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 da. I just made that up. Wow. Oh my god. I have a lyric. I have a lyric. I just made up too. He lives downstairs and it's understood. No one gets that lyric. It's from Charles in Charge, guys. Mm-hmm. It's from Charles in Charge. <laughs> yeah, it was an actual fun. lyric to a theme song. I loved that theme song. <laughs> that is the creepiest line of a theme song in the history of television. He lives downstairs, and it's under. What's understood? <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah, especially right. thinking of Scott Bayo now. Ooh, it's not understood. Ooh, Elliot, what's rough. yours? What did you? What, what yeah, flavor Elliot, do you have? Try it. I'm drinking the cranberry sage. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. Yum. Oh, it is so good. So, okay, Alaska, you can. So, Can is is one of our sponsors for Pride and of the podcast in general. And you, of course, have done many Prides over the Mm -hmm. years. You performed at Pride probably all across the world. What are you, since we're kind of living in a sort of half post pandemic life, are you performing at Prides this year? And, like, are you getting back on the road? Uh, you know, I was in Pittsburgh yesterday and apparently there was like a pride march happening and I had no idea. So it's like pride is happening. Pride is happening every day. (laughs) I think I'm doing, when is like, when is, is LA pride happening? I, I think it is, maybe. There, I heard I think we're people doing, talking I don't about think it yesterday. I think they're doing a parade, oh. but I think they're doing, like, social events or something. Yeah. yeah they're doing social events, but they're not doing the, like, full-on Pride March parade, I yeah. believe. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. I have no idea, but I know that I'm going to um, places <laughs> where there will right. be people. <laughs> there will be people, so and they will like, be looking at you? Yeah. And I've done a we did the We did the Britney Blackout show in Brooklyn, yes. and it was the first, like, real thing for a lot of people coming back to to yeah. life, you know? What was that like for you? Um, well, it was amazing and touching and inspiring, but it was also like, oh, we're all going to get shit wasted this year, aren't we? Because people, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh I my mean, God. it goes from, it's like everyone is just turned up to a level 20 because we've been, you know, locked up tight yeah. for a century of lonely nights. Do, yeah. you, do you find that people, especially at events, I found this at like different events or different shows or whatever, people really want to hug for like long periods of time that is actually uncomfortable for me. Yeah, like, I agree. They don't want to yeah. let go. I had someone just right. just, just earlier where someone hugged me and I was like, I love you and all. Like here, I, I find you, I enjoy <laughs> hugging you. I enjoy you as a person. Yeah. 
But this is too much hugging. Like, yeah. I get it was wow. a long year and everything, but you have Instagram. <laughs> You're like, could yeah. we do this over Zoom, actually? <laughs> now, <laughs> I have Stockholm Syndrome with Zoom. I just, <laughs> now I want to go back. I want to go back. <laughs> did you perform on a lot of Zoom shows? You performed on my Zoom show this year. Have, did you perform on a lot of other Zoom shows? A little bit here and there, like especially toward the beginning, it was like we set up the living room floor like it was mm-hmm. the fucking Johnny Carson show and like did <laughs> did shows on the bedroom floor. And it was like really fun and amazing. But like I'm ready to like stand up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what yeah. is pride like in Pittsburgh? I'm curious. I, I love Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I mean, it, it usually is like a big deal and they do it. They have done it in the past, like a big, like uh, a big like thing and they bring somebody in. They bring in Deborah Cox or, or yeah. Martha mm-hmm. Wash or, you know, Diane Weist. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> She'd be a great pride gig. She yeah. would. <laughs> um, but this year it's different because, you know, pandemonium changed everything and so now it's like pride is kind of happening all month which is like cool in its own way right yeah yeah Yeah. and exhausting and and overwhelming in its own way maybe (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yes very much so you also go ahead oh go ahead no no go go Alan. you also had your comedy special come out which it was supposed to come out a while ago but then the pandemic kind of got in the way of that right like you filmed it before the pandemic yes (laughs) yes so (laughs) long ago. ago Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, some jokes are timeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Did you have you done like? St- I mean, it's it's stand up. Had you done stand up before? Like, is that something? Because I've always found you to be like a strong per- stage presence, personality on stage. But like, stand up felt like something kind of new ish for you. Did you like doing it? Yeah, I did. Uh, and I mean, it wasn't really stand up because I. Uh, like I was cheating like I had a teleprompter like I wrote a bunch of jokes I wrote I took all the jokes out of my joke file in my phone and put them in a teleprompter and then put on a funny wig and just stood there and (laughs) and give me my joke file that's what I I, I, (laughs) yes bring me my joke file I gotta get some jokes Mm -hmm. out there very Mm -hmm. that Um, and, uh, yeah, we did it and it was fun. I have so much respect for, for y'all, for comedians who are able to go up there with just like yourself and a microphone and just like, just like be fucking hilarious. That's a skill that, um, I respect a lot. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. You know, let me ask you this. Cause you have done so many different prides. Is there one that stands out to you as like, like sort of the ultimate pride? That might not be in the city you would expect, like New York or L.A. or something. Where was it? There was this one. I can't <laughs> even remember where it was, but it was, like, really fun. And then I can, and, well, <laughs> while you think of it, I could I could I could just yeah. uh, jump in here by saying that um, Brent and I went to Venice Pride. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think a few years ago. And it was like <laughs> it was too hot for me. I most, go. Oh, right. No, really? that was the most right. fun I've ever had at Pride because it was quite it was dark it was like <laughs> empty there was like one person dancing you know it was like very oh, sparse and i was like, like you're this. explaining the cbs in hollywood dark one person <laughs> yeah. dancing <laughs> and we got we got pizza by the beach and that's what we did the whole time for pride like we did oh, i, mean, I we went to a gay it. bar for like 10 minutes and we left that yeah. sounds amazing uh, <laughs> yeah i loved it i loved it 
I have never been a fan of Pride. I mean, I like Pride. I support Pride. I love the existence of Pride. I do. Yeah. I do agree with. We talked about this last week, but not having a large police presence. I think more organizations should be up front. I think more trans people should be up front. I think I agree with all of the, the changes that are happening in Pride, but. Prime needs to be in the winter months, needs to be in like November, <laughs> like December. Like I would really yeah. love I would love that. I would love a pride yeah. in a cold month. I'm not gonna literally today we went out for we went to a little outside thing with Elliot and um. I I'm literally fatigued from the sun. I'm fatigued. No, I know. I'm actually tired. Which is wow. like what I mean, I don't know if that's just me getting old, but like, no, no more summer. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Sign the petition. I... Move pride to November. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand. If we could have pride, like like it's the Thanksgiving Day parade, yeah. or all in like parkas, and it's like freezing out, and you just yeah. want to like get get out, that would be beautiful to me. We, A yeah. winter pride. <laughs> I, I almost can't envision uh, a suggestion to improve pride that would be less popular than what we're talking about exactly. right now. That's why I mean, it's so funny. I mean, it's so funny to imagine. Even even our listeners just literally rolling their eyes and being appalled at yeah, us right they now. Yeah, they would they would rather have police there than have it be in December. Like that's <laughs> yeah, that's right, actually right. where we're at. Well, Alaska, before we wrap this up, I do want to talk to you about Race Chaser because it is oh, literally yeah. one of the most popular podcasts, more popular than ours. Shut up, fuck <laughs> you. Um, literally one of the most popular podcasts out there. It's insane, and you guys do you and Willem do two episodes. A week, you do one mm-hmm. recapping a episode of Race Chase or Drag Race, but then you also do a Hot Goss, which is actually my favorite one mm-hmm. of the week. Like I love the Friday Hot Goss episodes. Are you surprised at how popular Race Chaser got? Uh, well. Um, no, I'm not surprised because it's based off of RuPaul's Drag Race, which is the True. most popular television show like on the planet at the moment. Yeah. Or, or at least they've won the most Emmys. Yeah. It's <laughs> so it's like it's it was really great timing, and it was it was a really like natural thing to do because what do drag queens do? We all watch Drag Race, and then we sit around and we talk about it. Like if you yeah. put us in a room together, it it's not five seconds goes by before. What did you think of her gown this week? <laughs> yes. Oh or my friend. god, those boots! Yes, yes, girl. Or they talk about the edit. (laughs) Oh, the edit. Exactly. It's what we do. So it was like a natural resource already, something we were doing already. And so we just did it. Yeah. And, you know, it's fascinating to me, too, that, like, we've talked with you and other, I think, queens from the show about how, you know, how how, how, um, outspoken the fandom is. But I don't think it was until, like, even more recently that I really understood. I think from seeing it through um, Michael... (laughs) Brambilla's perspective as a designer for um, so many contestants on the show, Alan's boyfriend, and and just Alan as well. Like, just I didn't understand that the fandom could actually change the course of the show in a way that is so significant. I I don't know what else. I, I can't. I don't really know what other media products or TV shows are so actually affected by the fandom. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, they're wild. They don't. They, the, the fandom doesn't stop. They do not, yeah. and nothing gets um, by yeah. them. And now nothing, nothing gets by them. It's like we noticed that little clip you did with the editing on that on episode three. We know, we know, we know yeah. what you're up to. I, I, right? I can't. Be- I, I genuinely can't believe it. But, but I. I mean, I guess it makes sense. I just. I, I didn't really understand. I, it really was the sort of. Um, 
to me monet versus tamisha and oh, mom thing that i yeah. couldn't really wrap What's my head your take around on that alaska because we had we asked uh who do we ask we asked meatball about that last week meatball what what what's your take on that i don't really know enough about it i mean i um i don't know i mean it's our job to sit on a microphone and talk about you know talk about the things we see on tv and mm-hmm. so i i can understand how someone would could get their feelings hurt if you know if if i say something shitty so i tried i try to not say shitty stuff but i still do sometimes because yeah. i'm a shitty faggot <laughs> what's one thing from either your season or your the all-star season that you won spoiler alert you won um all-stars spoiler two alert. spoiler alert uh that that like the fans reacted in one way and you actually think that they were wrong about you know what i mean like you know how a lot of times they'll they'll have the fan reaction to la la Ree's outfit the the one with the bags and stuff like is there a reaction of something that you did on the show that you think people just got colossally wrong that they were wrong about and reacting the way they did no <laughs> they were all yeah. right <laughs> they're always right <laughs> no because it's like whatever the show says happened happened mm-hmm. that becomes the bible that becomes the truth that's the so truth the way and the light so i don't in terms of it, as far as things that i did no like it all happened it it all no it'll happen yeah it's and in terms of the fandom like i just wonder uh I've been to, you know, I, I love to frequent like weirdo craft fairs and like, yes, you know, pop pop art flea markets or whatever. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. And I have definitely come across like, you know, pins and, and um, bumper stickers, or whatever stickers with like some drag race paraphernalia. And there's always like really fun Alaska ones. And I'm wondering, like, what is the strangest fan made oh, yeah. um item that you have seen because i we know that they come in the forms of stickers and pins and t-shirts and stuff but there's got to be something <laughs> weirder out there to me it always the tattoos are what what really get me right like yes that. i follow an instagram called drag queen tattoos because i'm always mm. astounded and fascinated to see who who's made an impact on somebody enough to get it tattooed on their body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that and it makes me like it makes me like oh well okay well, I better, I better keep going. I better keep doing drag. Yeah. Right, right. How could right. it not? How could it not? And, and, and by the way, do do we know? Can we fact check this? Or do any has have any of our listeners gotten an Orinoco Ho tattoo? Oh, <laughs> let us know. know. Not quite yet. Well, Alan asked the Instagram, Instagram, and I Alaska. Will. Thank you so. Thank much. you. This did you enjoy the canned beverage? I did. I'm going to be wrecked. Two milligrams is like a lot for me. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've seen Brent knock back, was it four in one sitting? I I think one. Three. I've done three, but I usually do two. And two's like like the perfect buzz for me. Yeah. My friend friend Alex, Alan, our friend Alex Mm -hmm. knocked back four in one sitting. I'm pretty light. I'm with Alaska. I can't do more. I I literally have to sip this. I do one. Yeah, I can't do it. I sip one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, though. I like it. It's very nice. Yeah. It's very nice. Well, thank you so, thank you so much, Alaska. So everyone, go listen to Race Chaser, watch the comedy special, and, and listen to the new song. Go to Spotify or wherever you listen to music, right? Yeah. And there's a music video, too. It's And Michael mm-hmm. made Michael made one of the 
the the bodysuit, right? The, yes, the Roy G. Biv rainbow yeah. bodysuit. Yeah. yeah. That is so great. Yeah. I love so it. Great. Well, we love you, Alaska. Thank you so much. And Thanks, Alaska. Yeah. I love you too, honey. Thank you so much. And another thing. So, uh, it is there Pride Month. <laughs> what's, what's Pride Month? Wait, what, Brent had a song in the last segment about Pride. Brent, do you want to sing that song? Uh, how did it go again? I hate pride. I hate pride. Well, because it is Pride Month, you know, and and we all have our own respective um, responses to <laughs> pride. I mean, I'm glad it exists, but I, you know, I can find it exhausting. <laughs> but you know, whatever. All, we all have our. We've talked about that plenty of times on the show. I thought it'd be worthwhile mm. to have an earnest um attempt to think about moments and parts of queer life that you actually do take pride in mm. uh-huh. um uh-huh. and so i can start i this is like a, a, a sharing circle um my i take pride you have the in stick. <laughs> yeah. i have yeah, the right, stick right <laughs> what i take pride in about like <clears throat> the queen gay and queer culture is I like the ability to escape the pressure to marry and have kids on a timeline. Mm-hmm. I think it's very mm-hmm. difficult for straight women in particular, and it doesn't matter how woke, you know, with it, or, you know, how, how progressive they are. I think it affects everybody somewhat equally, yeah. where that pressure is so inherent and it happens from day one, even in the most progressive environments that they have to get married and have kids and there's a timeline and there's a biological right. clock ticking. Right. And so I appreciate um, and take pride in the fact that we get the chance to potentially skip around that a little bit. Yeah. Obviously not yeah. gay marriage that's passing. A, I think that's a good but, point. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And then I also will add um, the sacrifice of our elders is something I definitely take pride in, um, in a Larry Kramer-esque way where I want to scream at young people who don't pay attention to those that came before them. But we had that uh-huh. guest, and I'm forgetting his name, but Alan, he's the great dude, the writer. Elliot's <laughs> like, respect your elders. Is he? He's like, what's that guy's name again? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's no. his name, Alan? No, 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 no. His, like his, 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 his name is Mark King. Mark S. King. Mark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mark was wonderful because a point that he made that so resonated with me was that I was basically like, why don't young gay people pay attention to those that came before them? And he was like, it's not their response. He's like, I don't. He's like, we he, he said we went through like enough shit. Mm-hmm. And if that means that I don't have to bestow that to somebody else, then that's fine by me. And yeah. I was like, OK, yeah, I understood. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate that and take pride in in, in yeah. understanding the sacrifice, but also someone like Mark's opinion that you don't have to mm-hmm. necessarily harp on all the, the awful things that came before you. Yeah, um, right, right. And the, the other thing for me is uh, I enjoy a lot of gay music. You know, I know like, sure. these songs come out and I don't mean like Bette Midler and you're talking Cher Avril Lavigne or who are we talking? No, about? I'm talking like these people that like gay people listen to first, you know, like sure. Kim Petrus or like. Or Ben Midler, share. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? But like, I'm thinking like now, but like Dua Lipa or whatever, like Uh these people that gays warm up to first before Madonna, even they Mm -hmm. introduce them to the rest of the world. Um, I take pride in that. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's yeah, that's a a good list. Alan, you can go. Okay. Actually, no, mine's more pessimistic. So I'll go because we don't (laughs) don't want to end on a bad note. Elliot asked the question, you know, obviously what, what do you take pride in? And I said, quote, tough one. 
Um, and I, I generally like I, I like and appreciate the politics of Wait, the you gay wrote community. Generally, generally their politics. Their like, politics. As if like you're oh, not a part of the community. I like I like their politics. I like that most gay people are even obviously outside of, you know, being pro gay rights. I think they generally have compassion for the downtrodden. I've rare, I've ne- I mean, never gone on a date with like a like a stone cold conservative in my life. I don't think, and I really like and appreciate that. Um, overcoming adversity on an individual level, I think, is 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 really impressive as well. That I, you know, almost every gay person has to do when they come out. But I guess individual contributions from gay people to society are innumerable. But I celebrate those people as people and not as facets of a gay culture in which I take pride. I almost couldn't think of anything about the community as a whole that you can't find in other communities as well that I uniquely take pride in, except for the, okay. the two things that I mentioned. So shoving that back in your face, Elliot, is what I'm trying to say. It's so funny. Yeah. Well, it's also appropriate for podcast. For what? For this podcast, oh, yes. for Brent yes. to be like, I'm not right. quite sure. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. it fits. It fits. <laughs> it fits the roles we kind of like when we were even pitching this podcast to places and things like to people. Like we kind of fit these different roles in different ways within the community. Yeah. Where like, I'm definitely the more flamboyant, you know, really gay one. Elliot kind of straddles two worlds, and Brent, really? and Brent, you're kind of a bit pessimistic about some things. Oh, within the gay you community. son of a bitch! And, it's, and I think, and I think that's what's so amazing about sort of queerness is that like we can exist within a, a di- we're not sort of linear we can exist in a really different different faceted sort of group of people coming together to be friends who look at the community in different ways i think that's a really important thing and we need more of that in the gay yeah. community for me what i sort of love about pride and what i love about just sort of being queer is that i i, I actually struggle because there's so many different things that i love but i i do love that we can be a bit more forward thinking sexually in terms of gender identification and so many things that for me, like I find it really refreshing when I can be in a circle of queer people and I don't have to necessarily feel like I have to subscribe to one way of existing. And you know what I mean? I can dress any way I want. Mm-hmm. And I've always been sort of a more flamboyant yeah. dresser. And, and it, it was, it took years to get confidence to be able to dress the way I like to dress and to know what I like and how I like to present myself to the world. And sometimes it's more feminine, yeah. sometimes it's more masculine. And I like that dance that I think straight people aren't socially allowed to, to, to make, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And not yeah, and now that said, I must recognize that like, I am a very privileged person in that I do live in an urban center where it is allowed for me to be able to do that. Oh, and there you. are people who live in communities where it is not necessarily allowed to express yourself in that way. And I recognize that right. privilege. And I hope that people in those communities are able to express themselves in different kinds of ways right, that make right. them happy. But then on top of that, the other thing that I love about being queer is we just do entertainment better than anybody else. We really do. If you look back at history, queer people just like understand film, television, books. Yeah. I mean, I think it queer people. Gore, yeah. Gore Vidal. I, think, I, think queer I mean, pe- I mean, yes. no, but I do think queer people, not only in terms of being artists, but also the reception of culture we take mm-hmm. and we we shift it in ways <laughs> that like popularize it with straight people that allow, which is why RuPaul's Drag Race is such a big deal because we we took it and we were like, this is important. This is a thing. And then straight people went and ran with it. And we do that with a lot of different things. Elliot mentioned Madonna. Like, we do it in a lot of different ways where we just get it early on. And mm. and straight people yeah. then realize it's a- online dating. 
we knew that was a big thing early on out of necessity and then straight people just mm -hmm. up and ruined it like that's that's a that's another good point yeah that, you know look you're making perfectly for points but what's crazy to me is <clears throat> elliot didn't include the last thing on his list the last thing he's proud of when it when it comes to the gay community buttholes i'm shocked elliot how did you not <laughs> how did you not read that out <laughs> What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I just sent Omar Navarro $25 for a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, you bitch. You My bitch. aunt Joanne would say, we had Bette Midler first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about Aunt Aunt Anne? No, I do not want Anna Navarro to run for Congress. I want her to stay on The View on Fridays. <laughs> I go. love Anna Navarro. Oh my God. And I love Aunt Joanne. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Aunt I'm Elliot Glazer. Was it Anne Anne or Anne? Yeah. I don't His is Anne Anne. Mine is We're losing I'm, Elliot brings I'm us to Brent. a picnic one day and we're losing it at the end of the day. We can't I'm, think straight. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so tired. Are, I'm exhausted. Standing and being in the sun for like an hour and yeah. a half. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Wait, Alan, just say your fucking name. I'm H. Alan Scott. Oh great, Elliot's gonna be furious. We're not peppy. <laughs> I, said, I said the F word. He's it literally he's gonna come over tonight and like beat the shit out of me. I'm gonna have like a black eye. <laughs>